This is Workflow, episode 24. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about five tips for the accidental project manager. So Tom, how was Recur, the event that we went to in Boston? Uh, it was good. Um, it was nice, you know, smooth right up there. Uh, unfortunately, not nothing really happened that, that first night, uh, the year Prior, we did a lot of good uh, networking, uh, met a lot of cool people that the night before the actual event. Um, but unfortunately, this year, no, no one seemed to be around. Um, but the actual event itself uh, was definitely, uh, I thought, definitely better uh, than last year, which last year was the first year that I had gone. Uh, I know you um, went two years, like the past two years in a row, um, this being your third year, uh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I thought the event itself was, was a lot better. Yeah. I thought the production value in general was really good. I was really impressed with, uh, just the organization of everything. Everything just ran really smoothly. Um, you know, you walked in you had like a really great presentation you felt like you were really in a well-run produced event, Mm -hmm. um, which it was, um, the food was really good, which is always a plus because you're kind of (laughs) stuck at that event for the whole day. Um, so that was good. Uh, and the talks were, were, I found really good. A couple ones kind of missed the mark for me. I think some of them also didn't relate to us as much. So it wasn't as good, but I'm sure other people got lots of value out of them. Um, but overall, I thought it was, um, learned a lot, took, took some uh, takeaways home. So yeah, I definitely think we'll probably uh, even talk about some of the, some of the topics we, we heard about in this podcast in future weeks. Uh, definitely um really as a whole definitely much better talks yeah so we'll go back again next year uh yeah maybe <laughs> definitely could see that cool yeah uh you know, just on a personal note um i'm really pumped that my christmas shopping is almost done and the wrapping is almost done and wow let's say we're a little over a week out at this point a week and a half um away from christmas so i'm super pumped and by the end of this weekend hopefully today's thursday so by the end of this weekend in the next two or three days we will be all done so i'm really pumped about that it's pretty exciting i uh i'm pretty spoiled when it comes to that as you know uh my my wife is extremely good at all that stuff and she just basically handles it all <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I mean, as you know, you could imagine that I've actually done most of the wrapping to date. But yeah, so I've been working hard and uh, I've been actually doing late night wrapping, um, which because the kids are in bed and we could do it at night and all this stuff. So it's been uh, last two nights have been hard at work. Cool. Well, so before we get started with the main topic, if you have any questions, topics, or team scenarios that you want us to tear down, our voicemail is 860-577-2293. Feel free to call in and leave a voicemail, and uh, we will definitely respond to you in an episode. Or you can also email us at workflow at rindle.com. Well, great. And also, um, if you're liking what you're hearing and you're getting some value out of these podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps 
everything out as far as reachability and other people hearing about us uh, and, and just keeps us going. Sure does. Awesome. So the main topic, uh, the accidental PM. So uh, I don't even think a lot of people realize that this happens, right? Especially people um, that work for uh, larger companies or that are on teams, but they, like a lot of people just end up falling into this uh, project manager role. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's definitely more common than one might think uh, in general, um, but also you might not even realize you are an accidental PM uh, because you're not even thinking of yourself as a project manager or something like that. Um, but, you know, basically, and it's come up, I think it's a great topic, timely topic at least, because we've been talking about accidental PMs here at Rindle for a couple of weeks now, uh, really in tune with kind of how it relates to our customer, right? Because our customers a lot, a lot of times are accidental PMs, but you know, these are basically people that uh, never planned to be in a project management role, but kind of just fell into it at work. Um, so you don't, I mean, maybe you don't have a PM title. Uh, you never kind of set out in your career <laughs> to be a project manager, but somehow you ended up leading or managing a project along the line. Um, nor were you ever hired <laughs> to do this job. Um, it's kind of funny because that literally happened to me. Um, and over time, just it just crept in, you know. So people are just looking. You end up looking after a couple products, projects, managing a couple projects because they just start to kind of fall on your plate. And before you know it, you've got a few things rolling. Um, so, yeah, sure. It could almost be like that. You're that person that just was like, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know open up a product and start to get this, this organized, like open up some piece of software and start to get this organized in it. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden you were, you were the project manager, right? <laughs> like it, yeah. and then everyone just started referring to you as the project manager, which for better or worse, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. And for me, like just my personal experience, cause I am probably the definition of an accidental PM, but for me it happened where, I actually had an idea for something in my company. So I wasn't a project manager. I was actually an IT person, right? Where I helped with uh, IT and computer issues and things like that. And I had an idea for a piece of software, right? So I brought this idea to the company and they're like, okay, yeah, you manage it. You deal with it and make it happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you go at it, right? So it just fell on my plate, not, you know, even from my own uh, recommendation, right? And they're kind of like, okay, yes. I'm like, whoa, okay, well, now I got to figure this out, right? What do I do next? Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've had some, I guess, project experience just because I'm doing IT projects, you know, so I've led little things here and there, but I never have ever officially called myself a project manager or thought I was. Um, yeah, and that happens a lot if you're in a small company or on a small team, or if you're like the founder of a company, like the responsibility for managing the work just, it just falls on, on you. You, you, you don't have the budget or the the resources to hire like an like an actual formal project manager so you just gotta you gotta figure it out yep yeah and a lot of times too in, in those scenarios which i've been in too like because sometimes there is no project manager so obviously somebody falls into it like yourself um and then there's really no process or anything in place to even start from right so not only are you new to a role potentially but there's really no guidance a lot of times as to like well okay i can do this job and there's a bunch of other people doing this job so i can kind of lean on them sometimes you're just on your own right you're just kind of figuring it out and just figuring everything out from the ground up which is even more challenging at times so, so what do you think the definition of an accidental project manager would be? It, it, it's something like that you fell into the role and you haven't received any real formal training. Um, 
and your company doesn't have any real project managers to begin with. So, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really like comes down to, you know, you, you, you don't call yourself a PM. Maybe you have a PM in your title, project manager in your title. Maybe you don't. Um, but you certainly have no training. You certainly have no experience. You kind of fell into the role. Uh, and now you're tasked with leading projects and you know, you're, you're really, uh, you fell into it by accident. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And you never set out in your career to do it and you never have any training in it. So yeah. I think that's really uh, the definition of it, you know, and, and there's tons of examples of that out in many different industries, you know, and, and like you said in the beginning, you know, certified PMs, you know, if you're like certified in Scrum or PMP or whatever it might be, you know, might not even realize so much that this is a thing. <laughs> right because they live in the yes i'm a project manager i'm certified and i've been trained and all these things um but you know for smaller companies smaller teams even within bigger companies i'm sure it's happening you know that, that there are these accidental pms that that just fall into these roles yeah and and on top of that i think that there's probably um teams within companies that that could maybe even benefit from project managers but they're they're on some sort of team that you know traditionally doesn't have a project manager. So someone is actually probably still managing or acting in that role, even if they're, you know, say, say you're a sales team, but you have like some longer term, term projects for the sales team or, or a marketing team, and you don't have formal project managers um, like that are, are supporting you. Like someone is still managing the longer term goals and the longer term things that you have planned. Yeah, and in, uh, in developing our product Rindle, uh, we, we do talk to people all the time and we, probably talk to the, the, the majority of the people that we talk to are uh, quote unquote accidental PMs. And, and once we actually bring up that term, they, they probably would self-admittedly call themselves accidental PMs. Sure. You wear it with a badge of honor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So do we want to get into uh, the actual topic of the, the tips? Yeah. So we put together um, five tips. So we'll just go through each one and talk about them. And this really should be, you know, if you, if you, are identifying as this uh, or have been this in the past, uh, you know, these are basically things that could help you along the way from a very high level um, from kind of day one, like, Oh, I fell into this role. I, I am this accidental PM. How do I do this? Right. W where do I start? So these are basically just tips to get started. Um, cool. So, so tip number one, um, don't just manage lead. Um, so this is a big one for me just because I found a lot of success in my career by, you know, leading um, and not managing. I think it's really challenging. We brought this bef up before on other podcast episodes as well. Um, but you're, you're looking to gain contributions from your team and buy-in from your team. And all of these people don't typically report to you. Um, so for me, you know, that was something I had to learn early on pretty quickly um, because you're kind of tasked with running a project and you're responsible for it. And everybody looks at you when something goes wrong but all the people that are working with you to make that project happen don't report to you. Yep. Um, so th that to me was, is a huge thing. Um, and you know, a couple of things that I've kind of did in my career, um, you know, as far as just establishing myself uh, as a, especially early on as a, as a project manager is when you have that project assigned to you or whatever it might be that falls on your plate, you know, you announce to the team, like, this is a project, right? It's not an ad hoc thing. It's not a one-off thing. It's not something that, hey, you're helping me out kind of thing. Like, this is an actual project. Uh, and you're also going to announce that I am the one taking ownership of it. I am responsible for it. I am leading this project. 
And just saying those simple things so everybody's on the same page helps a lot because sometimes I've had assumptions where people are like, oh, well, Brian's involved, but you know, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing or he's not really responsible. He's handling the other, other two people, right? Or whatever it might be. There's mm-hmm. just all these assumptions that are made. So for me, like in those types of scenarios, especially with the new team, if you haven't worked together before, just establish that. And that kind of resets everybody to be like, okay, okay, I understand now what's going on. And this person is really leading this project. Yeah. And, and sometimes this might uh, take the people's actual manager to step in and uh, really kind of uh, explain that to the team. Um, uh, obviously, the, like you'd kind of hope that wouldn't happen because you, you hope people are mature and adults uh, and kind of understand how the how these types of things work. Um, especially if if this accidental PM is really the one that's going to be taking responsibility uh, if if things go poorly, right? Um, it's it's their job, right? Um, to to be running this project. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I, I think uh, occasionally you'll need management to almost step in and be like, okay, this is how like this person's the lead on this. Like they're 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 running running the show. So you have to you have to listen to them. Um, yeah, yeah, I've even I've even spelled it out to people before too, and I've actually said it just so it's not like the elephant in the room. I've said, hey, you know, we're colleagues. Uh, you guys don't report to me. I don't report to you. Um, however, I am in charge of this project. Right. So when it comes down to it and the decision needs to be made or, you know, if there's a problem, the problems come to me. Um, ultimately, some decisions land on me. Right. And I'm also the one that's going to take the heat right? in a lot of ways. So, you know, I make that clear, you know, being like, hey, I, I know you don't report to me and, 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 you know, I don't report to you and we're, we're cool. We're going to work together. We're a team. Um, I just have a different role than you. Right. Yep. And I kind of try to spell that out. And you're, and you're right. I think most of the time, mature people that or experienced people too, you know, will have no problem with this and this won't even be an issue. Um, but sometimes you have this kind of disconnect or, you know, people like, Oh, I'm not listening to that person because they're not my boss. Right. You get that kind of thing happening. Sure. So yeah, I just spelled it out a couple of times and it's worked well for me. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I think the people that are more successful at this are, are people who are better, better leaders, which um, if, if you're going to take on this sort of role, you have to be a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to have good people skills. You have to be, and you have to be kind of assertive uh, and, and you can't get your feelings hurt too easily. Yeah. I mean, I think most of my success like has definitely been about, you know, around building relationships and, I've always believed in leading by example, um, you know, and it's hard too, because sometimes, you know, you're obviously not executing on the disciplines within the team, right? So for me, if we were doing software development projects, I'm not a developer, I'm not a designer, I'm not a copywriter, right? I'm not all of these things. So uh, it's not like I can be like experience exactly what you guys are going through, right? As a team or anything like that. I, I have a different role and a different set of responsibilities. Um, but I can lead by example, meaning I'm gonna come to work every day, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna care about the project, right? And I think those things alone kind of just rub off on the rest of the team, right? And and I think that's how I've had success in the past too, is just that, hey, I'm not your boss. I can't just tell you to care, <laughs> right? Nor would that even work. Um, but I can lead by example and show you that, hey, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to work hard. Uh, I'm going to deal with problems for you. I'm going to help you get what you need to be successful. And I'm hopefully going to make your job easier. So if we have that understanding and I can prove that to people, that would work really well for me because then I earn their respect essentially. Right. And they will then kind of work with me as, as opposed to against me. Cool. So tip number two, plan collaboratively with your team. So I think this is, um, 
it could be a mistake that people make, especially with one of their like first projects, right? Because you, you know, you're gung ho to start this project and you just start mapping it out in some piece of software. Um, and I think it is a mistake if you silo yourself off and, and just start planning out the tasks for a project. Um, obviously you need to have some, you know, like you need to have an end game, right? The, the, but that's typically decided by whatever the project is to begin with, right? Like that, the, the goal is to, you know, complete something in the end or, or to deliver something or to uh, maybe the project is to uh, put on some sort of event, right? So there's already an ultimate end game. And, uh, but, but when you actually break that down into the, the tasks that needs to be done, um, you should definitely plan, plan that with your team. Yeah, I think, you know, especially accidental PMs or if you're new to that role, I think a lot of people look at a project manager's definition, right? And they'll say, okay, I'm responsible for planning, right? And that means this, this, and this. So sometimes you'll go into a silo and just be like, okay, this is my job. I got to get this done. Um, when in the end, obviously, like you're saying, you know, the end results can be better if you if you include your team, right? Because they actually these are the people who have the expertise in certain areas. These are the people that are going to help execute the project along with your skill set. So you know, it's kind of silly even if you, when you think about it to kind of like, oh, I'm going to plan this in a silo and expect a whole different group of people to execute it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I, which I've seen in my career and I've even done early on, right? Where I make the assumption I'm going to plan it, and then I realize quickly that oh, I should have included these people in it earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely does alienate your team too. Like if you do it in a silo, you're basically saying, well, you're not important. I don't need you until it's the grunt work time. Um, so it's very non-inclusive. Uh, they feel kind of left out and it's, it's not a good morale thing either for the whole team. Uh, another point here is that you, um, if you, if you alienate your team, uh, you're cutting off the source of your best, like think power. So you're obviously not, you don't have all the tools, right. To get, get everything done that needs to be done. Right. Um, so if if it's a web design project, you're you're not a designer, you're not a developer. Uh, so you actually need their help to plan this out, right? Like you you can't just know everything that needs to be done. Um, I mean, especially especially not uh, unless you've been doing this a lot, right? Well, and hopefully um, the result will be better too. Sure. Yeah, and and just you know again, including your team definitely motivates as i mentioned before and unites your team like you have a camaraderie that happens when you're kind of like okay we're tasked with this thing we are the team to do it and they're involved from the planning stage on um i think it just it just goes a long way i think i've seen again i've seen it both ways where you know you're kind of alienating people and it's disconnected and then timing's off and people don't understand what's going on and that's that's another big thing actually just just within mid-sentence there is that when you don't include people in on even from the planning and on, there's a huge disconnect in communication of when things are happening and why, <laughs> because people are just off doing something else, right? Cause you've excluded them. Uh, and then when it's time to come in and execute or do whatever you need them to do, they're kind of like, well, okay, what's going on. And now you waste a whole bunch more time getting them caught up. And, and if you have a multifaceted team, that's, you know, could be five X problem. So yeah, I think that just, it just makes a ton of sense to include the whole team from the beginning. Sure. And honestly, I think that it's also going to help uh, with tip number one, right? Um, establishing your, your leadership, right? But it'll it'll just help people like kind of like you more and like, 
you know, it, it's going to have them trust you more, right? Like, cause, it, and also they're going to feel like some sense of responsibility, if you will, um, to, to the project because they helped plan it out. So it, like they, they know, um, all the steps, they know the reasoning behind all the steps and, and, uh, you know, ho hopefully they agree with them, uh, with, for the most part, or else they would have probably mentioned it during the, you know, this planning process. Yeah. I mean, a big part of project management, you know, is trust, right? You have to have trust in your team and you have to be able to delegate, you know, decision-making to your team too. Every, every decision isn't yours as a project manager, right? Um, there's certain decisions that fall within a team because there's certain levels of expertise and understanding things that you don't have, right? And which is going to make your project as a project manager better. So like, it's a huge part of, of having a successful project. You have to have trust, you have to earn their trust, but you also have to trust them and you have to be able to let them kind of make decisions and, and move things along as well. Tip number three, pick a process, any process. So you must have a process. Um, if you don't have a process and a process can be many things, which we'll touch on in a second, but you will have what I call chaos. And I, you know, I've managed projects that are chaos, um, where everybody's just doing whatever they want. Uh, it's complete and utter chaos and everybody just wants the project to end. Um, and when you have no process in place, steps to follow, um, steps that everybody can get around, it just, it just naturally just inherently caused chaos. Um, but a process could be your, your own homegrown thing that you create, right? You sit in a room, you say, okay, how am I gonna run this? How do I want people to organize things? And you create your own steps or process or however you want the project to run. That's absolutely fine. Um, you know, it could be a methodology, like we talked about previous episodes, um, or as simple as a visual workflow, which we promote a lot here at Rindle and we pro promote with our customers. Um, but just like steps and things that, you know, you can follow as a team to uh, prevent chaos. And honestly, we, we really do, uh promote this a lot like once you pick a process like uh like go through the go through the entire process that you that you decide to to go with right at least for this project right because it's it's very important that you uh see it through um most of these processes that are formal processes have like have you know a reasoning uh, behind why they do certain things um so if you do cho choose a formal process like do it the entire project um and if you do your own process, like I, I would probably, especially if you don't have real formal training, which you don't because you're an accidental project manager, uh, you should probably base it off of like some more formal uh, methodology. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just add to that saying like, you know, always as we commonly say, um, keep it simple, right? So you don't wanna go out and find the most complicated methodology out there, for example, uh, for your first project and your first PM experience um, and have that overhead on you immediately, right? Not only are you new to the position, you're new to the role, you're new to the team, um, you're new to project management in general, but now you've stacked on a complicated project management methodology that you have to figure out. So, you know, that's why we promote heavily on the visual workflow because it's simple. You know, it's very simple for you to follow. You know, it's very much about setting up your work visually and a simple process for your team to follow. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say even if you go on your own, you know, follow a guideline, but but keep it as simple as possible. Don't get locked up in complicated methodologies and things like that. But you should have some process. And 
and even I outlined here, like uh, as simple as thinking of it in chunks, like, or more of a waterfall thing where, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a methodology. I, I'm not sure of what my process is going to be. You can just break it out to be like, okay, well, I'm going to organize my project and order, organize my resources, understand those things. I'm going to plan and schedule my project, talk about budget if that's needed, um, capture any costs involved with the project if needed. I'm going to execute this project in some way, fashion or form. Uh, and then any changes that happen, I'm going to record them and make sure they're documented, right? Sure. Simple thinking like that will get you probably through a project, right? Um, so worst case scenario, even if you just think about like have a plan for your project management, right? So, okay, I'm not ready for methodology or I'm not going to put an official process in place yet, but I am going to at least outline, hey, what are the things I need to do to have success here? Um, and make sure I kind of at least have this guide to get me through. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, great guide that you just suggested. We should, uh, we'll definitely put that in the show notes uh, so people can can see that firsthand. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So tip number four, focus on the customer's needs. Uh, so this is just, uh, we, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, um, really uh, focus on whatever the end goal is, especially if it's customer based, um, you want to deliver what your customer customer really needs, not what you think they need. So yeah, so uh, you, you want to really listen to what your customer is saying and what their keys to success is. We talk about um, this in a lot of detail in episode 19 and 20. Um, uh, it's our documentation episode, which is is odd, but when you're documenting, you know, uh, the client's needs, um, you, you want to know what what are they deciding is like what needs to be delivered in order for this project to be successful um and you have to you know relate to your clients in that regard um because if you if you don't do that your project probably won't go too smoothly yeah and it's like to what you said not only focusing on what the client really needs compared to what you think they need but also you know focusing on what they think they need may not be 100% <laughs> accurate, right? Like, so sometimes the client thinks that, hey, I need X, Y, and Z, but you're like, actually, that's you're focusing on the feature, not the problem or something like that, right? So it's mm -hmm. like really listening to your customer to figure out, well, are they really understanding what they really need or do I need to help interpret this for them? But also to the same respect, like you said, not letting your own opinion <laughs> flood in too much where you're ultimately delivering something different than the client wants, right? Um, so yeah, it is a perfect balance because you won't have a successful project just because you won't meet the client's needs. Cool. So tip number five is keep your promises. Um, this goes for clients, stakeholders, and your internal team and everything, in my opinion. Um, but I think the key to this is not to overpromise, which we've discussed before as well. Um, but it prevents, you know, not keeping your promise in the future, right? So the biggest I think promise breakers are when you say yes, yes, yes to everything you kind of promise the world and you will eventually break those promises. Uh, you lose trust from your team internally, you lose trust from your clients and external stakeholders. Um, you know, so the cold hard truth is the best route, which I mentioned before, just kind of be honest, be open. You'll definitely gain more respect that route, you know, either from your manager, your bosses, your team, your client, whoever it might be. Um, and it will prevent you from being the guy who, or girl who says, you know, whatever they say is not true because they never meet their promises. They never meet their goals. They never deliver. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just a really hard spot to be in when you do that. Sure. Yeah, definitely under promise over deliver. 
um, as just a rule. I mean, if you're doing client work, uh, like for paying clients, this might this might cause you to to unfortunately lose some some bids early on, right? Because like someone else might be promising the world, but at the end of the day, the, those clients might end up coming back to you um, because that other team most likely is not going to be able to deliver what they're promising. Um, and the first time they do give you a shot and, and you deliver more than what they, they wanted, uh, you know, you, you just, you just won them over probably. Um, and they're probably going to keep coming back to you because they know that they're going to get, uh, more than they asked for or more than what was, um, what was promised them, uh, in, in the timeline or in, in the period of time where the project was taking place. Yeah, another good example, too, that I've faced myself, but sometimes it happens from a non-client perspective, right? It might be internally. So you might get this project or this role kind of put on your lap saying, okay, we need you to kind of take responsibility for these projects or this project. And then the first thing they say is, you know, by tomorrow, can you let me know how long it's going to take? Right? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Right. But your first answer is usually, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm like, I'm totally taking responsibility. I'll get it done. But you've just made a promise that you're probably going to break already. <laughs> right. Because you don't, you don't even know what this project is yet. You haven't digested it. And now you have to make a whole project schedule, which if you are truly an accidental PM, that's going to be a challenge in itself. Um, so even things like that, just be smart about like, hey, you know what, actually, let me have time to digest this and review my resource and review the requirements that you gave me and what you want me to do. And then I'll get back to you with when I'll have a timeline. Right. It's, it's about managing expectations and, and not always saying yes or no. Maybe it's just, hey, actually, I need more time for this. I'll deliver it here. And nine times out of 10, that's going to be absolutely fine. Right. Whether it's a client or your boss or whoever it might be um, just to not. Oh, and I used to do this. I swear I used to do this all the time when I would always be like, yes or no. Right. And I learned very quickly that I always pretty much 99 percent of the time gave an answer of, well, before I do that, let me first review or let me do this and then I'll do this. Uh, and it always bought me the time I needed to digest and properly understand what was going on and give the best result. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, especially new to to this sort of thing. I mean, I, I feel like I'm even guilty of it still to this day, to some extent. Um, they, they just want to answer very binary, like yes or no uh, answers to, to questions like that um, when it doesn't have to be so yes or no, like the, you, the other person's human, right? And they're actually, at the end of the day, they, they want uh, good results more than they want just uh, someone that's guessing them to death. Um, so it's better better off that you, you kind of give them a, a, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I can let you know by tomorrow, like, uh, like, when I will let you know more or less, right? Like, uh, I'll have like, give me the night to digest this. And then, and then let me talk with the team and, and we'll try to try to map out a timeline. Right. So that way you're not the next day, you're not delivering, like having to deliver the timeline. You're just letting them know that by the next day you, you'll have a plan in place, right. For like when they will get that timeline. Yeah. And sometimes you'll get pushback, right? So if it is your boss and they have some other kind of requirement or deadline they're trying to meet, sometimes you'll be like, hey, you know what, I'll give that to you by end of week. And they might come back to you and say, well, actually, I need it by Thursday because of this reason. And you're like, okay, like, let's compromise and sure. work that out, right? But it's not always, again, not yes or no. And there always, there might be, you know, pushback, there might be adjustments that need to be made. Um, but again, we're in a professional environment. This is a normal business practice, right? Where you're kind of figuring out what the needs are on all sides and coming up with a solution that's going to meet, be, you know, meet everybody's needs, not just one need, right? 
Um, so I think that's the key is always just kind of presenting what your need is. And then if you get pushed back, okay, how can we adjust? How can we compromise? Awesome. So let's talk about some tips for taking action. Yeah. So for me, I think the biggest tip out of here, you know, if you're an accidental PM and this is happening to you, um, you know, project management is about common sense in many cases for me. And I think that that's a lot of times why accidental PMs happen is because you, you have common sense, you're good at maybe just naturally leading, organizing your thoughts, um, taking initiative, um, and just making common sense decisions. And a lot of times be like, okay, well, you know, Brian could probably do it, right? And it kind of falls on your plate, um, which I think is a good thing. So, you know, when in doubt, definitely kind of lean on your common sense. Um, and I always say, you know, focus on creating business value, whether it's for a client or even for our case, like we have our customers for our product, who, whatever you're doing, there's somebody on the other side receiving whatever the result is, right? And if you focus on that value, you know, you will have success. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.